You are listening to the Enormocast. So let's say you've taken the advice you've heard on the Enormocast and played it ice climbing cool with that special climbing friend, going on trip after trip like your family, even though you've had the hots for him or her since they burned you off your proj and flips in a ratty pair of yojimbos from the lost and found. Well, if the perfect belay isn't conveying your longing, perhaps the climbing-inspired jewelry and accessories of Peter Gilroy will help you put the punctuation on that date that's not a date, might be a date, climbing date. At PeterWGilroy.com, you'll find jewelry, money clips, belt buckles, hats, and more, all inspired by the rock and the mountains on which your love has flourished. So please, before you resort to the lean-in or the forgotten sleeping bag or the embarrassing confessional after a 12-pack around the campfire, try a classier approach with a spectacular gift from PeterWGilroy.com. And if you crash and burn... Know that Peter and the Normacast still appreciate your support, even if your partner does short rope you to the curb. And remember, enter Enormo at checkout for a discount. But keep that part to yourself. The Enormacast invites you to join former guest and friend of the show, Luke Mihal, on his personal journey from the stifling confines of life in the Midwest to the wide open spaces of the great American West. In his new book, American Climber, Mihal lyrically recounts his discovery and love affair with climbing, the desert, and freedom. If you're wondering where all the soul climbers have gone, then look no further than Luke Mihal's American Climber, available at Amazon.com or get in touch with Luke himself at ClimbingZine.com. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, so it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. <laughs> You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment. With support from Maxim Ropes. And the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enorma cast. This is your host, Chris Caloose. It is... About 10 o'clock Mountain Daylight Time. This is episode 109 of the Enormacast, a conversation with rock climber Chelsea Rude. In other news, just got back from Lander, Wyoming, which is where uh, Chelsea and I did this interview. This one's actually just fresh. But anyway, I want to thank uh, everybody up in Lander for once again extending their hospitality to the Enormacast entourage, including the folks at the Climbers festival the international climbers festival i always forget that the international part is on there it's a little quaint when you're there but uh i did meet a cat from finland yeah you know who you are sir i know you're listening 
So I guess uh, he made the international in the international climbing festival. Anyhow, good times up there. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to that festival once again. Met a lot of listeners up there and that was also totally awesome. So thanks for stopping by. Thanks for saying hello. The words of encouragement are always helpful. All right, let's talk about Chelsea. Let's talk about the interview today. I want to admit something to you. I actually am always a bit, I don't know if it's nervous is the right word, but uh, a bit concerned when I book interviews with who I perceive to be young, super good sport climbers or boulderers. You know, I've often said on here, I don't have a lot of connection just personally to that generation. Um, I don't have a lot of connection spiritually to the boulderers or the comp climbers. So a lot of times I come into these interviews just sort of nervous or sort of concerned that there's going to be nothing to talk about. And uh, this is sort of a prejudice of mine. I'll admit that uh, I have this old guy thing about these young people, I guess. you know, It's not really a get off my lawn sort of thing, but it's more of a how could they possibly have lived long and seen the things, weathered the stormy seas that I have, which is stupid because every single time I sit down, I end up finding out all sorts of things about them that are really interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I'm walking into somebody's going to be like, yeah, I grew up climbing in a gym and now I'm a really good climber. And you're going to be like, yeah, of course you are. And in fact, it'd probably be more interesting if you somehow grew up climbing in a climbing gym and you were terrible, like you still sucked. Like there might be a better story there. I don't know. I've never met a person like that, but yeah, if you're out there, if you've like, if you've like, you know, been climbing in a gym, like daily, weekly for, you know, since you were like six and now you're in your twenties and you're still a terrible climber, I want you on the normal cast. And the truth is, is I don't really care how hard you climb anyway. I mean, numbers wise, like I want to hear about the rad things you've done. Sure. But the difficulty of them can be expressed in a bunch of different ways, not just the number or the letter grade or whatever it happens to be. So all these things are a big mix of me trying to be my better self, but allowing my prejudices to occasionally sort of bubble to the top. But me and Chelsea, we work it all out right away. The first thing I thought was she was like 19 years old, which, you know, if any of you have ever met her, that's not the most outrageous thing that you might think about her because she does not look that old. Let's get on to the interview. I just wanted to come clean about that because you'll hear me be surprised by a bunch of different things that she says. So good for her, bad for me, but uh, I do my best and I guess I am learning because I continue to try to get these folks on the show. And once we sit down, I get over my prejudice. I don't start shouting at them or telling them that their lives are, have no meaning or have or that they've never stared into the abyss and seen the abyss stare back at them. No, Chelsea has not done that yet, but she's done a lot of cool stuff, and it was great time sitting with her, and I do appreciate the time she gave us at the Cast. Now, little production note as we uh, got this one in the mobile studio at the city park in Lander while the trade fair festival thing was going on. We are not quite far enough away to not hear a little bit of that. So it's in the background. You know, I don't worry about that too much. It's part of the authenticity factor of the Enormacast. So just thought I'd note that there's some weird siren. I think it might have been like the top of the kid's climbing wall. I don't know. I couldn't hear it at the time, but you always hear it later in post. But uh, it's fine. You guys, uh, you know, it's like the bell. Won't, won't drive you too nuts if you don't 
listen to it intently for months on end. Let's get to uh, the interview with Chelsea Rude right after this word from our sponsors, one of our sponsors. I don't know which one because I will put it in after I've already recorded this. So just enjoy it. Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the Enormacast. And though I will be buried one day in a blown-out pair of mirrors, if you're young and open-minded about trying hot new things like Spam Sushi or Snail Facials, just like it sounds, then Sportiva has two new kicks available this summer for you thrill-seekers. The Squama, rhymes with your mama, is a high-performance Velcro slipper aimed at getting you boulderers up your sickest project. Sick, bro. And the Otaki, rhymes with Suvlaki, is an aggressive high-performance shoe designed to hold the downturn shape even after repeated lashings. And they also happen to heel hook like a three-legged monkey on a swing set. So check out your nearest high-end climbing retailer or Sportiva.com for these and all the classics. And remember, when you give Sportiva your business, you support the Enormacast. So, did you climb today? Check, check, okay. No. No, don't, uh... Don't ruin a climbing festival by climbing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I heard you say this, yeah. and that's all uh, I've been thinking about. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to go climbing, but that's cool because I've never been here, so Yeah, it's fine. no, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> just kidding. We've climbed here a lot over the years, so... Yeah. Um, I just get busy doing this stuff, so... Um, how old are you? 29. 29. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-mm. I turned 30 in a month. Jesus Christ. I would I thought you were like 22 years old or something. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the yes. first one to say something like that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Hmm. 29 August, or sorry, 30 August 12th. Okay. Crazy. Wow. Right, yeah. right on. The yeah. 30s. All right. The 30s. Here I had no go. idea. Okay. That's, that's cool. I don't know how important sort of, um like gender issues are to you in terms of promoting sort of women as climbers or any of that stuff is that kind of your bag or or, I mean I like it because I think I mean for a lot of reasons not just because of climbing but just getting women climbing and or active outside in one way or another I think just helps increase their confidence and Mm -hmm. especially girls you know and as far as like climbing goes it's like I hate it when dudes are like I have this memory when I was like 13 years old um, I was training in the gym with my dad and there was this like big macho man standing kind of behind me and he was like yeah I'd like to see a girl do this and I heard him and it was the first time where I was like why can't a girl do that and I asked my dad if I could do it and then I just like did it right in front of him and he just like left the gym after that he was just like well the macho man the macho man yeah he would just like shut up after like, that that's so funny because it sounds like uh um it sort of sounds like like a, a canned moment yeah but it, you know to have somebody say that sounds like almost cliche oh and then you just totally. totally like worked him over yeah and i was 13 years old and i just remember thinking why why can't a girl do that i'm just gonna do it right in front of you right you know yeah so. it's weird because yeah, I don't know. It seems like anyone in climbing, like for any moment, should realize not to channel or not to challenge like a tiny little thirteen-year-old girl to yeah. send your problem because she's yeah. gonna like send it like <laughs> no problem, like yeah. just well, float the thing. Especially you know? now, but this was like in two thousand, right? 
probably in Atlanta, so okay. the south. All right. And the community back then was much smaller. Right. So people just really had no idea. You know, now you're like, oh, yeah, a 13-year-old girl, they're crushing 514. Mm -hmm. We don't want to challenge them, but at the time, people were sure. probably like, oh, Yeah, maybe it's little... like this man. I mean, it was for so long a, like a, you know, man's, man's, man's world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. I think like I always talk about that, like, I think like Katie Brown's sort of generation were kind of the very first ones yeah. to be, and Beth, Beth Rodden, to oh, be yeah. like, you know, we're going to come into this thing and, and destroy you all. Yeah. You know? Totally. But still, I mean, you know, 15, 16 years ago was still that early wave of people being yeah. able to do that. Yeah. Did you grow up in Boulder? No, I grew up in South? Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was born in Colorado. You sure don't sound like you're from Atlanta. I tried really hard to avoid that southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can you slip into it if you want? Sometimes, All for right. sure, after I've been drinking. Yeah, that's yeah. the way my mom and her Wisconsin accent is too. Yeah. <laughs> She'll start rolling it after yeah. a few cocktails. Um, yeah, I was born in Colorado. I'm the sixth generation Coloradoan, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so I knew I always wanted to come back, and I didn't want to come back with that southern accent. So okay. I was like, no, Chelsea. Okay. Don't go there. Right. <laughs> Did you, I mean, huh, that's something like, how long were you conscious of that? I mean, we're going to, I'm going to get know. emails. You're going to get emails from, from, from people that are pissed at you for not having <laughs> your Southern accent. Don't do it. It's no big deal. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably eighth grade or okay. seventh grade, I started like noticing the accent and I was just like, ugh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> All right, let's move on before, yeah. like, yeah, before the, the the angry emails come in. Yeah, that's um, not good. Angry. Why did you come back to Colorado? Uh, and when? How old were you? I came back almost eight years ago okay. to finish college, mm -hmm. uh, and for the climbing, mm -hmm. and also just because I felt like my roots were there. I have grandparents in Grand Junction still okay. who I'm really close to, and I thought it would be nice to be mm -hmm. closer to them. And a lot of my friends live in Colorado, too, so okay, just made sense. Right. Okay, so this is cool because I kind of thought or, like, imagined that you were, that you were bolder, like, thrown into the gyms early and just kind of, like, came yeah. out of that scene down there. Nope. So I don't know if that's an insult to you that not, I was thinking that. But, no, not but at yeah. all. I mean, I, you know, I did... There's actually, you know, I did my like 20 minutes of research, yeah. which I'm famous for for these things <laughs> um, this morning. Nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, you don't have like a huge web presence, actually. No. There's not a ton of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and mostly really current event kind of thing. So, yeah. um, and, you know, I, I think uh, we don't have to spend a bunch of time on it, but, but was it like, uh, you know, a young kid in the gym kind of thing, even down in, in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, my my dad wanted to start climbing okay. with me, and he convinced me after a few weeks to try it with him. Mm -hmm. And I loved it immediately and started competing within the first month. And Okay. Um, I was more or less a gym baby, but my dad also, like, took me climbing and gave me, like, these different opportunities mm -hmm. um, growing up, which I, I was really thankful for. Um, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in the climbing gym. Uh -huh. A lot. Right. <laughs> Too yeah. much. Too much? Too much. <laughs> like to the degradation of other things in your life or? Um, no, not, not necessarily, but like this year I've been focusing on expanding my skills like right. with ice climbing and trad climbing and all of this when I wish that I would have been more drawn to that in my earlier twenties. Right, 20s. right. 
as opposed to just like learning these skills now. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing that I would be like, yeah, that's kind of a bummer because my early 20s, I was really focused on competition and doing mm -hmm. World Cups mm -hmm. and and also trying to do hard things outside, but it was like number one priority was competition. So let me ask you a couple of things about your dad. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. So he started climbing with you. Yeah. And do you have any idea what the impetus for that was? You know, I don't really know. I think that he was just reading the newspaper one right. day and he saw an article for the local climbing mm -hmm. gym and they were like, yeah, come learn how to climb. And he showed me the article and he was like, let's go do this together. And at the time we didn't have a whole lot in common. Right. Um, so it took him a little bit to convince me because I was like, rock climbing, what the hell is this? Eventually I gave in and we tried it and it just gave us something to do together. Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely made our relationship a lot closer even today. And Cool. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, and is he he's continued to climb? He hasn't actually because oh. he hurt his rotator cuff. Oh. I mean, he will go climbing with me, but right. like he doesn't pursue it on his own. Right. Right. Anymore. And the, the, down, still down in in Atlanta? No. So my parents left Atlanta. My mom lives in Pennsylvania, okay. and my dad lives in Alaska. Okay. Now. Alaska. Alaska. Like Talkeetna? Is that, is that what you were talking about? Or, oh, that was from a trip you did. Yeah. No, he lives in Anchorage. Okay. But so it's great to go visit him because there's so much to do in Alaska mm -hmm. as far as climbing goes and is he like into is he aspire like you do to uh, doing big mountains not so much right. he has bad knees too he's oh. he he grew up in um, Eagle County and uh -huh. Colorado right. so he grew up skiing in Vail and mm. stuff so he kind of blew out his knees but um, he has a little Cessna in oh. Alaska, so he flies around and goes fishing, oh, and sick. they have the, this little cabin uh, that you can't get to with a car. You right. either um, snowmobile or fly in and land on the lake. Uh -huh. um, and so they, him and uh, his wife, spend a right. lot of time there. And sweet, yeah, yeah, he just flies around and goes fishing and plays with the grizzly bears. All right. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on from your dad since he's not here. Yeah. But I just that's kind of a, a cool, I don't know, uh, way to get into it. Yeah. In a sense, like he convinced you to do it. Maybe part of like his own desire to want to be like involved in that sort of thing. Yeah, so. totally. And at the time, I just didn't have anything that I was super passionate about. Mm -hmm. I had tried tennis and I had tried gymnastics a couple of days, and nothing really caught my you know my passion mm -hmm. and so i think he was just trying to help me figure something out and, right and it clicked literally that first day now did you you said that well you just told me you were 29 yeah almost 30 yeah which blew my mind um a little bit <laughs> again I, I guess i had all these preconceived notions about it. i mean we literally just met yeah uh, like a couple weeks ago yeah um and i was kind of reading about you and everything else but i i guess i didn't all put it all together that yeah. that um I had this image that you were like a 22-year-old, like total, like just gym rat, sport climber kind of yeah. thing. But there's a lot more going on. There's a, I, right? I, I think so, yeah. But you know, you just never know. I so, like to just go in the shadows of things. And you're you're applying to PA school right now. Yeah. So you're you're kind of looking at a big change in your life. Yeah. And what have you been up to for the last? I mean, since you graduated high school. Oh man, since I graduated high school. Well, I mean, in the last like 10 years, you've yeah. been climbing I've been relatively climbing. full time. Yeah. And uh, well, I went to college. I finished at CU Boulder. Mm -hmm. uh, I took some more time and climbed and uh, I coached a lot for a long time. Okay. And then I went back to school to do my prerequisites for grad school. 
and I was working at a women's health clinic for almost two years. And then I just stepped down from that to focus on my applications and focus more on climbing until mm -hmm. until I get into grad school. Right. Um, yeah, I've just been, I don't know, <laughs> roaming around. Roaming around. <laughs> roaming around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we started kind of uh, organically. We were talking about, um, you know, I asked you about sort of women's issues. Yeah. And whether that, like some some... I think I find some women climbers are like, oh, I don't want to worry about that. Like, I just want to climb. And then some want your, you know, it's, it's part of their sort of idea of themselves is like, well, I want to be a, an example yeah. um, to bring more girls into the sport or anything else. And, you know, we talking about your dad getting you into climbing and you didn't have any real passions. Yeah. Like, what do you think it brought to you in terms of why you click, not just well, maybe it was like a lot to do with just the physical. Yeah. But, you know, did you sort of build on the things that you were learning as a climber? I mean, if you were doing it all through high school and, you know, what did it sort of bring to the table for you in terms of, of who you became or who you were elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, I think growing up with climbing in my life, um, you know, made me a much more confident person because growing up I was super shy and just like this little squeaky girl with blonde pigtails walking around like ah mommy right. where are you um you know and it just gave me the confidence to know that I can do whatever I put my mind to you know and uh, whether it's with sending hard roots or going to grad school or going to college or whatever it might be I think that a lot of people in this world get by without having any passions and they get stuck in jobs that they don't like and end up you know years down the road super miserable and I just that's not me and I think that climbing definitely opened that up for me like yeah I don't have to settle for something that I'm not completely sold on mm -hmm. so that's just I don't know I don't know if that answered your question, but... No, that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. I'm just... Yeah. You know, as, as, as people listen to the show, like, I got into climbing a little bit late. Not late, but I, I didn't do it as a kid. Yeah. And, and that's... In a lot of ways, it's a new thing, and new by meaning, like, the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, it was definitely an adult sport before gyms came along. Yeah. And uh, so I'm always curious about, you know, what it sort of feels like to, to add that to your sort of life. Yeah. Versus any other sport, you know, like team yeah. sports or anything else. Because a lot of times, especially it sounds like with you, like there wasn't time or were you into other sports? Were you into other stuff in high school? You know, when, not when I first started climbing, right. but I think that's what climbing also did to me is it was like, oh, I have this body. I can use it, you mm -hmm. know, and be active with it and be strong with it. Um, so when I started climbing, I also developed a passion for swimming. And oh, so really? I swam and I swam, I started college actually uh, at a small women's liberal, liberal arts school in Atlanta. Um, and I swam for them, but I decided that that wasn't really where I was happy. So that's why I moved to Colorado. Um, so I developed this passion for swimming and I also developed this passion for running. I ran track in high school. Uh -huh. And then um, also when I was in college, I started doing triathlon. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just get a bike and I'll just put all of this together. And I think triathlon is definitely something that I would revisit. Because mm -hmm. um, you don't peak with those kind of endurance sports until your later 30s or even early 40s. Um, 
so it's definitely like in the back of my mind like oh, I really like that aspect of things I like pushing my body in different things mm-hmm. um, but I think that's something that changed my life growing up for sure and it also gave me more of a intimate relationship with um, nature just being outside like I used to hate hiking and now I will just go hike for you know 20 miles and love it you know really oh yeah totally and anytime you know even <laughs> I gotta today, find that passion back in my life <laughs> now that I have a kid yeah yeah I need to start being uh, you know into hiking into the what I call the long approach to nowhere yeah but yeah I mean I hear there's a swimming hole around here and people are like yeah it's a really long hike it's like a mile and a half and I'm like yeah that's not that bad but no that's the water cool. slide yeah, the water slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to go tomorrow. Oh, oh you got oh. your clinic. What time are you going tomorrow? Uh, I Just mid-morning, probably. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to go after my clinic. Yeah. For what, sure. What, what time's your clinic done? One or two. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll be going then. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, you should go then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, you know, I, we, we kind of just rolled into this. But we're in Lander in the city park, which is why there's, like, cars and shit going by. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, and actually, with, with that in mind, you... you, you uh, we're kind of all over the place, but you yeah. coached for a long time and you and you did some clinics today. Yeah. And um, I actually wanted to ask you, I've never, you know, I, I go to these things and there's clinics and, you know, obviously I'm not that interested in taking like a climbing <laughs> clinic from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, uh, you know, maybe I'd go, like last year we threatened to take Hayden Kennedy's clinic and just heckle him the whole time. Which um, would be totally worth it. Yeah, totally. But... <laughs> Um, but what, what do you, you know? What did you guys do today? This is kind of an aside, but what was the what is a clinic all about when you come up to these things? Well, the clinic today was um, smooth footwork. Uh huh. Um, so I I don't usually teach climbing outside, so mm-hmm. it was kind of challenging uh, because I I had people you know who climbed five eight maybe right. all the way to trying five fourteen. So it was kind of really difficult. Um, to find grades that fit everybody. You had uh, people in your class yeah, who are projecting 514 Well, one person. one person. I don't know, like, really how seriously, right. um, but they said that they definitely tried um, some route here. Oh, okay. Throw the hula hand or something like that. Oh, yeah, that. right. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. yeah, totally famous. So, All right. So I was like, well, damn. I don't know uh, if I can help I don't you. know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did great, but we were climbing on easy things, and I was like, I'm really sorry. But, you know, there's only so much time. But, yeah, we focused on footwork, and I think that it was helpful for a lot of people. But usually I coach and teach in climbing gyms. Uh-huh. Kids? Um, everybody, but primarily I've been coaching kids mm-hmm. for 12 years or so. Okay. Um, yeah. And I like it. It's very rewarding and inspiring to me. And yeah, it's a way to make a living a little bit, right? Yeah, it's a good way to make a little bit right. extra money. And right. I I thoroughly enjoy it for the most part, as long as I'm not coaching too much. Right. Yeah. 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 If you have to, yeah, I, I would imagine anything too much is too much. Yeah. Totally. totally. I mean, I was a climbing guide for a long time, and uh, you know that that seems like sort of a. a like trad climber outdoor guy's dream job but yeah same thing like if it was too much it's too much then you're you know? burnt and you're yeah, like you don't want to like, do it like, for yourself right yeah the yeah. thing you love is now your work yeah it's kind of scary but, it is um cool well yeah I, I i'm like like i said i'm sort of jumping all around but um you let's talk a little bit about your comp climbing days which you said that you're not competing you might have if nationals had been more local yeah, so I really haven't competed the last two years. Okay. I just got really 
burnt out um, spending so much time in the climbing gym training, mm-hmm. especially with the younger generation. If you want to do well at these national championships, you better spend more time in the climbing gym than those little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that's just how it is. And um, yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if I have that in me anymore because I have spent you know 16, 15 or sixteen years primarily doing that and I was just like I need more in my life if I'm going to continue climbing Mm -hmm. so um yeah I was like well I'm not going to compete anymore and then I felt lost for a little bit like what am I going to do with climbing now because I don't now that I'm not competing I don't know what to train for or like really how to do this outdoor climbing full-time thing um but I know that, like, if national championships were held in Denver, for instance, uh, I would totally compete because it's it's in my hometown more or less. Right. So it's like, well, might as I might as well mm-hmm. try, even though I wouldn't spend so much time in the gym training. But still, just see how it goes. I yeah. guess I have no reason to say no. You know. Yeah, it seems like there's a bit, you know, of this evolution with with climbing comps that a lot of these other sports went through where yeah i mean it's like you're over the hill uh pretty quickly yeah you know for a competition climbing yeah and uh i don't i mean i don't know if that's good or bad or if it doesn't if it's just just not neither you know it just yeah. is yeah. but yeah i mean i can't life probably gets pretty hectic if you have to start tra- if you're training that hard when you're if you're not a fully supported sponsored climber yeah and you have i mean everybody talks about the older you get like just the more things that are going on you totally like you have things to pay for and Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know i'm not making a ton of money through climbing i'm able to support myself but i also need to do other things right you know like i need to pay my student loans and all of this and um also like i want to have a life outside of training Mm -hmm. and when I was training seriously, like I just didn't have that. I literally would go to school and then I would go train and then I'd do my homework and then shower and go to bed right. and then repeat, Right. you know, and that's when I would perform my best in competition, but it's like, there's more to it than that to me now. And so, you know, I, I told you I felt lost with climbing after I stopped competing for a while and it's just been kind of this last year like 2016 where I'm like oh I know where I want to take climbing now and it's kind of refreshing and I have a new stoke for climbing and I'm like yeah I don't regret giving up competition at all anymore so what when you say you like were lost with climbing like what did that look like like literally like what I mean were you just not climbing at all or just no. like half-assing it or just yeah like, like i was still like going to kind of punch your card like oh i guess yeah. i'll go climbing today but like yeah. i'm not stoked i mean for a while literally i just didn't know what i was going to be training for so i would go to the gym and then you know warm up and then i'd be like you know this sucks i'm gonna go now right so i literally like i didn't know what i was doing i had no like structure no goals at the time like I was just like well I don't I'm not training for this competition and I didn't know what I want to do with climbing outside yet Mm -hmm. and then I was like well I'll project something hard but that just so happened to be in Kentucky so that sucked because you know Kentucky's a long way from Colorado yes so it's just like trying to find that balance and that passion again and like all right how do I do this without 
going to competition. Mm-hmm. Like, where, because competition climbing really defined my climbing career for a long time growing up. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Right. You know. Well, I, I, it's I like talking about this because there's a there's a part of me, you know, when I someone tells me about like the phenomenal you know 16 year old climber who just sent this or sent that yeah i i definitely come back and i'm saying well you know let's talk about that person in a few years when when some of that stuff falls away and they have to find the passion for it yeah on their own without the coaching and without the structure and without the the automatic goals where they're like okay this happens in the fall and i go to this competition in this in the winter and yeah because that's all external. Right? It is, and, yeah. And for me and my generation and a lot of my friends, you know, we feel as though it's this very intrinsic desire to be outdoors and be in the mountains and that sort of thing. And that, you know, it's it's cliche or it's it's maybe narrow-minded to, to want everybody to look at climbing that way. But I'm always curious about that evolution. I ask you what it looked like because I think, you know, all of us too climb enough for a long time sometimes we go into these sort of doldrums mm-hmm. of like well geez this is sure taking me a lot of time out of my life and yeah and uh so what what did you what do you think the sort of you said it was a couple of years like yeah where are you now and what was kind of the reawakening of like well this is kind of cool and this is what i want to do yeah so you know after competing i was like well i'll just try projecting hard routes outside mm-hmm. which i am still really stoked on but it was a weird feeling that I had. Like I was, it was almost as if I was chasing grades instead of the enjoyment of it. And then actually what happened was I blew out my knee almost a year ago and I got super depressed. Climbing or running or something? I was heel hooking okay, and yeah, right. tore my LCL and my meniscus. And I was like, oh shit, this is not good. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm totally fine. And it was that day, me and my friend, uh, we drove to Salt Lake City for the trade show. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally good, I'm totally good. And the next morning I couldn't walk, so I had to get crutches and and whatever. But anyway, um, I ended up going to the doctor and figuring out what was wrong. And we tried to avoid surgery for a bit just to see what would happen if we gave it time. And it didn't heal well so in november uh, we decided to move forward with surgery and it was that surgery that kind of re-sparked i don't know it just like flipped a switch i like went through this somewhat depressive stage where i was just like oh god i don't know like i'm not climbing like i don't know what to do with myself right now like i can't do anything with my lower body and i like to hike and run and all this mm-hmm. it's all lower body and i couldn't get in a pool because the incisions yet and all that um but then as i started to heal like i just was like well i can injure myself but i don't want to just like waste myself just trying to do hard roots even though i still want to but so then i started um ice climbing and I've like dabbled in some alpine climbing and trad climbing and crack climbing and I decided that I want to like adventure climb like I want to get not trashed but kind of like I want to I want to go out really far into the middle of nowhere climb 
easy or hard stuff, not have to get turned around by ice or crack or whatever is handed to me, and then and then go do it again later. Right. Like, you know, that's that's kind of where I want to go with climbing, and I don't know why it was that surgery that changed it for me, but like I have more psych than ever right now for sport climbing also because I've been doing all these other things. I'm like mm-hmm. not putting a lot of pressure on myself to send projects even though like I currently have projects and I just have a more laid back attitude because I know, you know, I can go try my project on this weekend and then a couple of days later I'll go trad climbing in El Dorado and right. then revisit my project and then maybe go do a little bit of bouldering or whatever it might be and I don't know, like there's so much to do within climbing and I just can't imagine like limiting myself to just sport climbing or mm-hmm. just competing anymore. That doesn't sound fulfilling to me. So, yeah, well, the competing thing, I, I can really understand that in terms of, again, like there, there's there's a longevity problem with, yeah. with competition climbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like any high level, anything, you you just run out of steam. Yeah. Whether it's psych or whether your body gives out. I mean, there's no 30-year-old gymnasts yeah. that are competing. Yeah, like, totally. I mean, it's the same exact kind of work on your body yeah if even maybe more intense on specific parts of your body like they just Mm -hmm. don't hold up so what do you think it you know when you said this is what i want to do um you've you've kind of dabbled so far a little bit in ice climbing and maybe even some big mountain climbing yeah i kind of like i kind of got a almost like a whiff of that on the internet but not anything specific i had a huge uh, injury motorcycle riding when I was a kid uh-huh. and it was the same sort of thing where I actually had the presence of mind even as a little eighth grader to be like wow you know what happened if I would have lost my foot or whatever like yeah. I gotta I gotta do something now yeah you know so what did it look like in terms of what you wanted to do and what does it look like in terms of of what your plans are I mean how are you gonna make this happen because let me say this one quick thing is that I feel like my my sort of uh, you know I walked into this with some notions of who you were that you've just corrected me on <laughs> but I feel like you're coming from this world where the the other world the whether it's Alaskan alpine climbers or anybody else yeah probably are gonna be like what you who are you you're like <laughs> this little sport climber girl and you want to come have you run into that? Like, is, I have. It, is there like resistance to being you know, welcomed into this community? I actually haven't felt any resistance. Okay. Um, only support. Okay. Actually, good. and um, well, the, you know, the, we that 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 part of the sport needs women. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I've been told. <laughs> it's like Mars needs women. Yeah. We need girls to come and come to me and hang out in our snow caves with yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean. So I started ice climbing and um, there's this like alpine ice climbing thing that happens every year in Boulder. Mm -hmm. Um, And they asked me to do a presentation earlier. I think it was in, I don't know, the end of February or Mm -hmm. beginning of March. And so it was the first time that I talked only about that aspect of you know, me learning how to ice climb. I didn't really know what to say. And I was super nervous because that's a totally different community, like you were saying, than the community that I've grown up in. Um, But it was awesome because everybody there was super supportive and 
you know, just like welcoming, like, Hey, we should go ice climbing. We should go mix climbing. We should do this. We should do that. And like, that made me feel really good. And Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't need to be, feel intimidated from this, um, community, this part of the community, Okay, good. you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have seen people that are like, Oh, well this sport climber, she's not going to really go far in ice climbing or mixed or alpine climbing. Cause usually sport climbers don't know how to like suffer, right? I guess. Right. Or, or I've also gotten this that like, Oh yeah, well a lot of people have decided that they want to try this, but they don't really keep up with it. Well, I would say the one thing that has been shown pretty convincingly is that when a a strong sport climber decides to like get into single pitch sort of mixed climbing Mm -hmm. you know specifically fairly safe and bolted climbing like they they destroy like they dominate because it's like oh these are giant jugs that i'm holding on to i know but what about um what about the idea of scary climbing like where does that fit into like your future? Because I think when there is a sort of like maybe an irate eyebrow raising of like, Oh, this, this sport climber is going to come and climb these Alpine routes. One of the big things is that, you know, that fear factor comes in and that danger factor comes in, Yeah. you know, and one pitch ice climbing or one pitch mix climbing is, well, not ice climbing, but one pitch mix climbing a lot of times is sport climbing with ice tools, Yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, does that fit into your future in terms of that? And what, what do you think you have in the toolbox in terms of, of maybe getting on stuff that it's going to test your fear Yeah. and test, uh, test your courage in that, in that sense? Uh, I've gotten on some things already that have tested mm-hmm. my fear and courage. Um, and I surprisingly am not turned away yet. Okay. Um, I have done quite a bit of multi-pitch um, mixed in ice climbing, and I told you I was in Alaska in May, mm-hmm. climbing on the north buttress of Mount Hunter, okay. actually. Um, and That's pretty serious. That, that was pretty serious, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like I like Hayden and my friend Jesse Huey mm-hmm. and um, Mari Birdwell, like they've been really great because I've always known them, but you know, we've maybe climbed here and there together and like had this conversation and that conversation in the Mm -hmm. gym. But when I started branching out into this new world, it's like, they kind of took me under their wing and were just like making sure that I was making the right decisions Mm -hmm. and all of this and just like advising me here and there. And I think that like, you know, for them, they're like, you should maybe tone it down a little bit. And I totally agree with them. And I'm so thankful that, you know, they're in my life because it's just like, yeah, I'm like super eager, but I know that I don't have the experience yet to, to make, you know, smart decisions or be like a 50% contributor Mm -hmm. in like an Alpine route or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm just working on that, but I'm like taking a step back and just trying to take those little steps and like making sure that I know my, my stuff. So that mm-hmm. way I can be a good partner. Cause I don't know. It's like, I suffered a lot. Let's say both. I went to Newfoundland, um, in March and then I went to Alaska in May. And on both of those trips, I suffered a lot, you know, and like, 
had trouble sleeping afterwards and just was like frozen and like, holy shit, I can't believe I just did that. But there was something at the end of every day where I was like, yeah, that was really hard, but I didn't know that I was capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me feel awesome. And I want more of that. Right. Like, I didn't know I could deal with suffering like that. I didn't know that I could, you know, keep my head together and and get down safely after like whatever had happened happened and right. you know like that's cool to me i want to like not only challenge myself physically but also you know the whole package like mentally and emotionally and all of this in the mountains i think i think it's cool and um I don't know. Those memories will last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like, the relationships that you build on trips like that. Like, that's something to be said for, you know. More so than just sport climbing and rifle mm-hmm. on the side of a road. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I got you, man. Don't worry. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oftentimes, what I hear on these on these things is that climbers, when they were younger, and, and you're not that young anymore. <laughs> Thanks. Um, sorry. <laughs> Although you, although you're you're actually to be honest with you like you're about to like hit your hit your like commitment climbing you know and I yeah. say commitment climbing meaning sometimes scary sometimes suffering or almost automatically suffering yeah you yeah. know type two fun climbing yeah you're you're hitting your stride your thirties is your damn stride yeah because you're not like yeah you're you're able to like kind of dig in I think yeah. in a way um, yeah that I you, feel that yeah that's good yeah. so don't worry about it is all I'm saying but cool but what like the the idea of the kid paging through the old climbing magazines and looking at these mountains and being I want to climb that one day like what's what's in your you know as you've turned into or starting to turn into this person with these big dreams mm-hmm. you know that isn't just like one bolted line to the right of the bolted line you just did which is what happens in rifle you oh know, yeah like, oh, that i'm looks, gonna do that yeah, one next yeah that i don't know the name of it it's 13d yeah you know yeah what's what's in your like what's in your sort of you know dream state of like well i'd like to go here and do that or oh man I mean, I think my ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal would be to go down into Patagonia. Uh-huh. Um, to me, when I look at that place, I am in awe. And um, I don't know, that just seems like, yeah, you are in the Alpine, but you're rock climbing, but there's elements to take into consideration. Um, to me, that seems like the package. And, and I'd like to go also to the Bugaboos. I'd like to go you know, to the Dolomites, like, I don't know, but Patagonia to me is like on top. Like that's what I feel like I'm working towards. Well, the, I always think that too, because that, that's an Alpine setting where your rock climbing skills can just like be the difference. Yeah, totally. Um, because you can find routes too, even that, that are primarily rock climbing routes. Yeah. But you, you, like you said, you need the skills to get over the top on the ice or to get to the base at the ice and all those sorts of things. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that seems, that seems like a, a, a kind of a natural progression for yeah. someone who's such a good rock climber yeah. per se. Yeah. Um, who, who like it maybe among your peers or maybe even like historically or anything else, who are the like inspirations for this? Do you have, do you have like climbers that have paved the way for you in your mind, even if you don't know them or, yeah. or anything like that. You know, um, I really look up to Mayan uh-huh. because she 
has climbed hard sport climbs. Um, and she's also like, she just did something in Patagonia, like the first female ascent with, I, I wish I could tell you her name. Ines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, um, like, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, my God, can I hang this poster in my room? Because this is amazing. And, like, that's what I want to do down the road, for sure. She definitely is. I really look up to Emily Harrington. She's, I, was gonna, I was wondering about that. Yeah. You know, her and I have had this a similar conversation. Oh, really? You know, and she's like, I feel like she's like a... a on your path like a few steps ahead yeah because she's you know she's been around a little longer yeah um but yeah yeah it's really a lot of parallels that i've been hearing oh cool yeah yeah so i really look up to emily i mean we grew up competing together and um i just really like how you know it seemed like for a while she was struggling with climbing and then she woke up and was like well i'm gonna do this and this and this and i just like that she's an Mm all-around athlete mm -hmm. you know like I love climbing, but I also know that climbing isn't, you know, the the one thing that I have to have in my life always. Like, I definitely... Take that back. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be well-rounded. Take that back. You, you can't know? say that on the normal cast. <laughs> um, There's nothing obviously, else. There's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I will climb probably for the rest of my life, but I also want to do more and mm-hmm. see more. Mm-hmm. And so I really look up to Emily for that. And... You know, like, more immediate goals, I, I want to go to Yosemite, and I would love to free the Salathe. And, you know, I climbed the nose when I was a teenager with Hans Florin and Half Dome, and, like, I've always known that I wanted to go back, but, like, lead that stuff on my own mm-hmm. and figure it out on my own. And um, just, you know, watching Emily through her transition has been really inspiring and, like, yeah, okay, I can do that too, <laughs> you know. Um, well, I see the evolution, and I've said that word already on this podcast, but it, again, it, it to me, it just feels so necessary that, you know, no one can say, sustain like a single track or very few people, unless you're really obsessive yeah. for forever, yeah. you know, and something has to happen. And a lot of times, you know, it's the end of the sport for them. I mean, someone's done competing at a high level and they don't want to just take a step back and start climbing at a lower level or whatever else or they don't yeah. want to be on the top of the heap and that's it they're done you yeah. know and and they move on to whatever which is you know i guess it's fine yeah i mean, I mean I to know. each yeah. their own yeah, right? right but like climbing is definitely it will be in my life forever well, at one the, point or you know and again with the, talking about the competition climbing like there's a physical problem with keeping that up mm-hmm. and you know I think also for some women, the the changes that women's bodies make from being a, like a teenager into adulthood is yeah. is really tough. And you really, you know, you talked about having to almost probably train harder than those kids. Yeah. And you just have to become this like body Nazi to keep yourself in that mode because like nature's kind of against you. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Totally. But the evolution in my mind, I see it's like like I just said your 30s you're hitting your stride and and so like now your body is going to have reserves and stuff that it didn't have when it was just a, a ripped nothing but competition sport climber yeah you know so I, I think it's a natural evolution in some ways physically but the mental switch has to be thrown mm-hmm. and the suffering thing is a big part of it not it just and, and that's not just a gender thing that's for anybody yeah like the suffering thing is a big 
dividing line for I think people across disciplines oh, like can sure. you like go can out there deal right <laughs> can you be in a position where you're telling yourself you're hating this you're never going to do this again this is the coldest i've ever been this is the most miserable i've ever, ever been but the big trick is that a month later you're like oh that was pretty cool yeah you know, oh, that yeah. was kind of fun that was like your brain forgets it you know what i mean instead of like dwelling on how horrible it was yeah you like dwell on the positives you're like mm -hmm. oh yeah okay i survived that mm -hmm. was cool mm -hmm. those mountains are beautiful let's go back mm -hmm. and not dwelling on the negative things and i think those that dwell on the negative things they're just like peace out right i'm gonna go drink some beer now right or, you, <laughs> you know, know whatever know. go to the spa go hit some golf balls so looking at this kind of you know you're we're joking like climbing is the only thing in the world uh, i'm not joking you are but <laughs> and you're saying i will probably climb as a part of my life forever mm -hmm. you're about to you know you're trying to get into pa school so you you are looking to kind of a future of of actually earning you know a living yeah where um, can you Talk about like your concerns or your ideas about that juggle, whether yeah. it's it's professional or whether it's personal life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're dating a climber right now. Maybe you always have kind of looked for partners in the climbing world, but yeah. like, what is it? It's a big, it's a big thing that people wonder about. Like, how do I keep at a top level but also maintain a life? Yeah, I mean, I. I personally think that if you care about being at that top level or you have goals that are in that top level, but you also have goals in other aspects of your life, that theoretically, if you want them bad enough, you can make it happen. That sh might mean, you know, like you drop this or that in your life, but I think those are sacrifices that you'll probably be happy to make if you know, your goals mean that much to you. And for me, you know, I'm applying to grad school because I need more in my life than just climbing. I love climbing and it makes me the happiest person in the world. But also like I, I, I've always wanted to be in the healthcare industry, whether it's like going to medical school or PA or PT or whatever it might be. Um, and I just think that that would fulfill one area of my life versus, you know, me just being a climber for the rest of my life. I don't know if I would feel happy forever. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe I could, but I also feel like I would feel better about myself if I did something else. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I kind of forgot what you asked actually. Again, just the <laughs> idea of that, of like, yeah. not, not just, I mean, not just mentally needing it, but in some ways like logistically yeah how is it that it all works out yeah you know you know through college it was difficult because you know i wanted to maintain high grades and i was competing and so i wanted to make sure like i could at least make it to finals or stand on the podium or whatever um but now you know with grad school theoretically coming up soon within the next year I am okay having to step away from climbing to focus on school if that's what it requires of me. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully I'll still be able to climb at some, some capacity, but I realize that at the capacity that I am right now, that might not happen, but it's for two years and mm -hmm. I figure I can deal with anything for two years because it's not that long right. amount of time. So, you know, I, I just don't know, but I'm open to that idea of like having to take a step back. If mm -hmm. that's not what happens, and that's a bonus. 
Um, and then after grad school, it's like, well, now I have a job, but it can be pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. And um, theoretically, I could do it internationally. Right. At least that's what it looks like it's turning into. Sure. Um, and that is super appealing to me because I love to travel and I would love to integrate that into my my profession, mm-hmm. like climbing and also like this new PA thing, theoretically. Right. right. Yeah. So, Libby, you know, Libby. Solder style, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. nurse style. Yeah. Um, I mean, she gets a lot done. She gets a wise. lot done. Yeah. I mean, she's fast, right? Yeah. Right. It <laughs> um, helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't really know what it's going to look like, but I, I don't think that it's impossible. I guess the other thing with this scheduling, it's like if I feel like climbing, then I'll climb. And if I feel like going to hang out or see a movie or get a drink with my friends, then I will. Right. You know, and I think that's like part of the balance thing, mm-hmm. which makes climbing even better. Right. The, again, like the competition or approaching it that way, like yeah, it breaks the camel's back eventually. Yeah. You know, where totally. you're just like, wow, my life is not that great. Yeah. I mean, I'm forcing myself to be in this to, climbing gym right, right now. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. So, well, what I was going to say is that you, you, going back to like uh, this kind of getting older and the evolution thing is that, you know, and you, I'm certainly know this, but you've got a base now. It's not, you know, the 30s or whatever. It's like good because you, I mean, you're going to be able to come off the couch, yeah, and climb well, yeah. You know, for the, we were just talking about it is they were calling some friends of mine were calling old man strength <laughs> like i may not be able to get much stronger yeah but i can go a ways and not get like horribly weaker yeah so it's it's nice you know yeah, it's nice totally. like, like a serious level of yeah. stuff so all right well what what do you got in the immediate future you you, you know you talked about like not being psyched on climbing and now finding some of these new things like what does the next year look like for you while you're waiting to uh, find out about grad school? Yeah, um, I have a project in Rifle, so that's cool. Going back there. to sport climbing. Um, I'm trad climbing a lot in the front range, and I will be climbing on the diamond quite a bit, preparing to go to Yosemite in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not I'll try to do the Salathe at the end of September is up in the air and totally dependent upon how I'm feeling with my skills at mm-hmm. that point. Um, but I'm not ready to just say, yeah, I'm not ready for it yet. So we'll just, we'll N- see. Nuts and bolts. What is, what is training for the Salathe in Colorado look like for you and your mind? What do you think? Well, for me, it's like developing those skills. So uh-huh. making sure that my trad is down. Um, and you mean, you mean mechanics gear wise or crack climbing? Both. Right. I just learned how to crack climb in March, and I just started putting in gear in March mm-hmm. at the same time, actually. So it's all completely new to me, kind of. Um, I had tried climbed, you know, maybe about 10 years ago a little bit, but I didn't continue with it because I was like, eh, competition, sport climbing, yay. Um, so it's just, you know, developing those skills. I need to learn how to haul probably learn how to set up a port ledge all that stuff all the logistics i just, just do it in a day just i mean that's what i was thinking you know i was like well just let's just cut all, that all stuff. this stuff it's like super lame yeah, yeah. i'm not joking I'm, I'm not really either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely crossed my mind i'm like i could have a better chance of doing it a day than if i took my sweet little time right maybe and so. had to haul stuff yeah no there's like a there's like a when you wall climb a free climb it, it's like there's a game of attrition where 
Yeah. There's a point at which, like, you start to run out of steam. Yeah. You know? Totally. And, and it would have been maybe better just to go as fast as you possibly could. Yeah. I've thought about that. Right. I don't really know, you know, what... I don't know. I don't know. Who, who, so you, you talked a little bit about like a mentorship with some of these guys, some friends of mine as well. Um, but who do you see? I mean, who do you count on for like those sorts of projects? Have you got people in mind or, or, or is that not, have you not gotten that far yet in uh, terms of partners? For Yosemite? Yeah. Well, it's in or just a, or climbing on the diamond this, this, this summer and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, I've been talking to Carlo Traversi mm-hmm. a lot about going up to the Diamond. My, uh, my friend Mari, mm-hmm. um, Hayden, like, you know, all the, you know, everyone that I've already mentioned more or right, less. Right, right, right. Um, and then to Yosemite, it's and it's actually an Adidas trip. Okay. So Adidas gets a, a cabin there every time um, and around September every year. And yeah, so, legendary. yeah, a bunch of us are going. Libby's going to go. Libby mm-hmm. and I want to climb together because um, we have our eyes set on some stuff in Alaska mm-hmm. for next summer. Um, so we definitely need to rope up and, like, figure stuff out together. And so that's definitely on the list. And, yeah, I mean, I'll just... I don't know if I'm winging it too much or not. I don't really right. know yet. Well, you'll find out. I mean, I'll figure it out. It's interesting because you you have this this luck, or whatever it happens to be, the circumstance of of being on this team where you can draw on these people. Yeah. You know that it's almost like you you've got like a oh your skills are this like let's let's can you teach me that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean like with trad climbing, um, I've been learning a lot from, um, Jamie Logan. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and I've been climbing a lot with Mari, which has been really good. And, um, I don't know. It's just like, it just so happens to be that these guys are my friends and that's awesome. Right. And you know, they're, they seem stoked to teach me and I'm stoked to learn and, obviously if they ever want to go sport climbing I'm like yeah let's go do this right right I'll show you or like whatever questions you have or whatever I don't Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just a great community everyone's psyched and I feel definitely fortunate right on yeah well, cool. Well, thanks for sitting down. Yeah, thank and, uh, you. And it's a little bit of a hot box in here. We're in this mobile studio right now. It's Sweating. Like a, about a billion degrees in here. <laughs> uh, but it was too windy to do it outside. So I appreciate you sitting down mm-hmm. and I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I did. We kind of had to we had to work a little hectic scheduling here. but um, <laughs> It was worth it. Yeah, let's go back to the, uh, to the trade fair. Yeah, let's do it. PBR in hand. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks again to Chelsea for uh, putting up with the rather sweltering mobile studio up there in the park. We were running late, but she got it done. That was super awesome of her, and uh, I look forward to hanging out with her in the, uh, the Rifle Mountain Park, sport climate, coming months while she attacks whatever vicious project she's working on out there. And I must say, I think she was being rather, uh, rather generous when she mentioned that she's gotten so much support from the sort of trad climbing mountaineering community because um, I, you know, because I, I know that scene and, uh, you know, like my crotchetiness, the crotchetiness can rise up out there pretty quickly when uh, the sport climber, boulder or comp climbers start mumbling about getting into the mountains. You know, the old men's out there can get pretty 
grumpy when the youngsters come sniff around the project that they've hung their hat on for 30 years and send it in record time. But hey, she knows it's important to prove herself and do things right, so I'm sure she'll take care of business out there. Okay, folks, take care of business. Help me out at the EnormaCast by going to EnormaCast.com and clicking on the Help Out tab. Please do that. Take a moment. Um, If you feel like uh, writing a review or whatever else I have suggested on that page, go ahead and do it. And you can also donate to the podcast. It is run still primarily on your donations. So check that out. If you feel like kicking down, there's a PayPal button there. I do appreciate it. Okay. Remember, folks, get out there, have some fun. Big mountain, sport climbing, in the gym, doesn't matter. Don't forget to check your knot. So, can you tell a little more about what you might want for your birthday? Can I get a puppy? You want to get a dog? Yeah, a cuddly fluffy one. And a Bratz movie star makeover, Sasha. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Daddy. Look, I love a French Bay Model 42 butterfly knife. Oh, child. <laughs> you always knock me for a loop. Oh, <laughs> 